my so how was idaho uh idaho was idaho uh did you see any potatoes i did not see any potatoes uh their license plate did say um scenic idaho famous potatoes that's something to be darn well proud of they're they're very proud of their potatoes and i learned that um outside boise there is a sugar factory and this is the one month out of the year where it's at mass production and it smells a lot like burnt peanut butter okay burnt peanut butter you say yes I don't know how I know that because I don't know I've never burnt peanut butter I don't know if I've ever even burned a peanut but that's beside the point so good travels overall yes uneventful flights yeah which well, is which is what you always want which is always what you want while while you were doing that i was sitting around my house the weekend before that i went to cape canaveral for the first time in 15 years that was magical got to see the falcon heavy on the pad you know what's in in that falcon heavy right tell me it is Elon Musk's personal Tesla Roadster. Is it? They are launching a car into space to try and reach orbit around Mars. As a test flight. Why is Elon Musk trying to send his car to space? Because he wants to return it home. He's going to follow it. He needs something to drive when he dies on Mars. So... The one thing I want to add is the fact that, yeah, it's a car. It's going into space. I kind of, in the next week before the launch happens, try and convince Elon and SpaceX to let us put a Orlando City magnet on it. Tell me how that goes. We, we like our magnets. So I'm going to tweet at him and the president and owner of, of Orlando City tomorrow. Let, let me know smart. how that pitch goes. We'll see how it goes. We shall see. Flavio will come through. I'm quite sure. Speaking of the footy, um, this is American Soccer Broadcast. I'm just going to jump right in and say I'm Alex. And joined always from his beautiful basement in northern Indiana? Yes. Jordan Hawkins. Yes. Hi. It's me. In the flesh. Flesh and a freshly returned Colombian jersey? For probably about the third or fourth time, it's Costa Rica. Yes, but the people didn't hear that those first three times, so I'm safe. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. My parents went on a mission trip to Costa Rica. I told them I would much appreciate it if they brought me back a jersey. Uh, They came through and brought me back a, I believe it is a, Liga Deportivo Alajulense. Good pronunciation. I don't know if that's a correct pronunciation or not, uh, but I requested a jersey for a club from Costa Rica rather than a national team jersey because I can just buy a national team jersey anytime I want online, especially with the World Cup coming up. And they came through. Good for them. Shout out to... Jordan's parents for delivering. So, let me ask you this. Where'd you watch um, Sunday night's match? You were actually on, were you in, is Idaho in Mountain Time or That is in Mountain Time. Time. Okay, so you were only one hour behind. I, I watched it from my hotel room. Okay. So, did the police get called on you, or did you fall asleep halfway through the match, like most other people? Uh, probably like most other people, I fell asleep halfway through the match and considered turning over to the Grammys. Wow. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest, this match was a big, fat meh. A big, fat meh. We have our, we have our title. This was a match that, from two teams that are basically putting out 
B teams or even C teams? I would argue that we were showing our B team. Bosnia and Hershegova were putting out their C team. I would agree to that. Yeah, yeah. From teams from countries who missed the World Cup and are putting out essentially B or C teams, this was about as exciting as a match as you could possibly get. These were, these were basically preseason, like the first preseason games you'll see. Yeah. This is the our first preseason pre-next cycle. Yeah. This which is pretty you, sad. You had a squad that was, aside for two or three players, were MLS players and have not played for the most part since October or even September. Yeah, that I, I didn't even take fitness into account. I didn't even think about the fact that the only person that was remotely in fitness was Bill Hamid. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he had a decent game, even though he didn't really get tested during the first half. But definitely a clear sign that he's going to be the number one going forward. Uh, my other question is, uh, is Mike Polster's nose still bleeding? probably and will will it still be bleeding come start of the MLS season in March it it probably will I mean it was bleeding (laughs) it was bleeding most of the game it was really quite disconcerting just take take advice from uh, the movie She's the Man and stick a tampon up there I was hoping you wouldn't make that joke, but you did. I can't believe you made that joke. Yeah, that meme made quite the circulation. Yes, it did. It. Um, who was the first to sh- share it? Was that uh, was it I, the Outlaws? I believe it was the American Outlaws Twitter account showed that, and I'm just like, oh, it's funny because it's true. So yeah, and it, it compliments to Polster. He did all right as a wingback. He had a couple of very good ball wins, and he definitely threw his body around, but he also showed that he was quite inexperienced. Mm-hmm. He definitely had quite a bit of... He was the highlight for defending of the night. I would give him the best defender of the night, because he, I, won, he I, won balls I, I in the corner. I would disagree. Really? Go on. I, I would say um, I.K. Opara was our best defender out there. Give, give me an example. Uh, he, he won a lot of balls in the box. Yeah, um, he did. There was a ball that he... Yeah, I did actually make a note of um, a ball he won just outside the box in the 78th minute. He made challenges it is kind of what you're getting at. Yes, he he, did, he made a lot of good challenges. Uh, he'd won a couple balls. Um, just kind of continuing the same thing that he did in MLS for... Kansas City this past season. Yeah. Um. Did he? How many games did he start for Kansas City that last year? Did he start most of the season? Or I, I think he a... started most of the season. You might want to fact check that. But with that in mind, is he is he translating that that experience in MLS? Did was that kind of something he brought to this game and because he's now been capped it's gonna he'll build on that or do you think he was just all around not in fitness because a lot of these bosnia guys were very much in fitness yes uh i mean i same same with aparo same with a lot of these guys that were not in fitness um if he is in in fitness and in form I would say he has a very good chance of being a backup center back come this fall for uh, League of Nations. Okay. I don't disagree with that. I definitely think he'll be in the running. Do you think he'll he'll work well with... He He's more of a defender. He doesn't get too far forward as opposed to he, somebody he's, like... He's a very good Evans. center back. He's, he's tall. He's strong. Yeah, I, I would give him a very good chance of being a very um, a very suitable backup cornerback or center back for this coming fall. Okay, 
Um, Walker and, and, Zimmerman. I, oh, what did I you? Mean, uh, more impulsor. Give on the fact that um, he is twenty eight, and and injuries have plagued him for a lot of his career. But would yeah, you, but he'll get the chance. He's kind of like he the will, Dom Dwyer the of defending. He he will get the chance. Uh, will he be on the team come twenty twenty two? Probably not. Very few of these guys probably will. I I would argue that maybe our captain was on the field tonight, but he wasn't because he was over in Germany playing with Dortmund. So you know full darn well he wasn't going to be included in this. In this. No, no. Same with a lot of European guys, uh, like, um, like Yedlin, like uh, John Brooks. Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's literally in the process of being recalled and then reloaned out. Yeah, same with with the exception of Bill Hamid. There, there was no, there was no way any of these our European players were coming over for this game. Bill and Bill Hamid clear, clearly had a good game. Didn't let anything in. No nonsense business. So he he proved what. Pretty much everybody already now, so no need to really talk about the about him. He, he did However, make he did make very one good uh, point blank save. Yes, the save of the day though goes to Zach Steffen. Tips of his fingers to the to the left post, and I he definitely proved that he's not just a local Columbus kid anymore, that he's not just going to be making saves in MLS. I think that he's definitely going to be in the running. It'll be interesting to see if we can get the other MLS guys in there to test him. But do you think he actually needed to go a full stretch to make that save? Oh yeah. With his height. Yeah, he definitely needed to go to full stretch. Came off the tips of his fingers. He also got lucky with that PK in the 53rd minute. Do, do you think that was just luck, or did he strike fear into that forward's eyes and intimidate him? I'm going to go with he got lucky. <laughs> he went the total wrong way, and the other guy choked. Because the other guy is a... I don't know this, but he was probably some young Bosnian and that wasn't that hadn't played for him before. I don't know. It would be if we if we did proper research on this show, we probably would have looked up the average age of the Bosnian team, but we didn't. So that's why we're not journalists. We're just pundits. Moving on down the line. um. Zimmerman made a mistake and it's going to hurt his him in the future but he also got the armband in the second half which, after Will Trap went off yes which I found interesting but I also wasn't all that surprised by I just I don't know if Zimmerman is going to is a long term choice or if he's a only when the European kids are resting. Choice. So. Neither here nor there. Moving on from there. We move on and we look at some of the players that stood out. For me, the standout player was definitely Christian Roldan. Yeah, and Christian Roldan had a very good game. Um, he had a lot of ball, good runs from the midfield, but he also had several good in-balls. It definitely showed his friendship and his the work he has put in with Jordan Morris. The two of them were clicking all night, which show, which is a good omen for you this coming year. Hopefully Jordan can stay healthy. Uh, Will Trapp. I thought Will Trapp had a very, 
very good game. He sent a lot of nice crossing balls to Morris and Zardes. If yeah. if Zardes actually managed to bring those balls down, but mm. that's another thing. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I thought Will Trap had a very, very nice game as well. Yeah, and then finally, um, CJ Sapong, he didn't have a ton of great touches. He didn't have a, I don't think he had a single shot on goal because I think Morris had the only shot on goal for us. But Sapong definitely had, was playing well on the wing and was definitely showing that he could create a presence in the box. So I don't think this will be his last call up. I think he'll definitely get tried out again and with his age that'll be very helpful as well so philadelphia has a lot to be proud of there and they'll definitely get to see more i know one player that wasn't on the field um what's his name from minnesota united uh ramirez uh they were throwing a fit yeah they, they were he absolutely didn't even living. get on the field i i was actually surprised that he did not get on the field yeah. i thought that was a disappointment we don't it, but then again we also don't know what happened yeah it, during yeah, training yeah a lot of what um got these guys on the field had to do with their performances on the campground on the training field so um any other players that stood out to you uh, Tyler Adams. Yep. Tyler yep, Adams, yep, yep. once again, uh, Proving I noticed that, that transfer. Wait, is Tyler that, Adams uh, the one that just got transferred? I think he's still in New York. Oh, no, I'm thinking of, um, the English kid that just got bought from NYCFC. You're thinking of Never Jack mind. Harrison. Jack Harrison, that's it. He's been looked at by a couple of European clubs. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Um, once again, I thought Tyler Adams was. Uh, I noticed that in the very beginning of the match, he was harassing a lot of the Bosnian defenders, mm-hmm. really, really getting after them, making them nervous, making them uh, really have to think about their passes. And that's that's really what you want to see from these young energetic guys really pressing those defenders making them work really making them have to think about their passes well and that's what leads to forcing turnovers is overthinking and aggression that'll having a presence on the ball having the other team question their methods because they know you you know what you're doing just and that's not even a from experience thing, from a he's on the field he's showing it. So, what someone who and he had a very strong showing. Someone that had the a very very meh showing was Josie Zardes. Yes, and we we talked about this last show. And I yeah, said and, this, and and once again, he Zardes has the first touch of a lead brick in other news water is wet this is yeah. something that we've seen uh, before when he's come up to the national team we've seen something we've seen when he plays for Los Angeles Galaxy it's something as constant as death and taxes which is unfortunate but it it needs to be said I don't think this I know is, he's not a striker anymore. We, no, no, he's, to... he's certainly not a striker. He's, we've, I mean, that's been settled. He's more suited as a midfielder, whether that's attacking or, uh, or on the wing. Well, I don't even think on the wing. I don't even think the way he played today, I don't think that when he goes, when he's back in Columbus, especially with the moves that they made this week with sending Merrim to Orlando, I say as I do this little dance, but I don't think they they brought him to Columbus to be a striker or a winger. I think they brought him to be 
a holding, not even a holding midfielder. I think they want him to be a defensive midfielder because he, like you said, he has the first touches of a brick. He can't, he can't, he doesn't have that delicate touch. And I don't know what happened to it, but I hope he finds it again for the I mean, sake of the that's, national that's team. something that and, he's had his whole career. Yeah, and when he was coming up with LA Galaxy 2, that that was what made him stand out was his ability his ability to run, but he couldn't his touches weren't great. And it's it the problem just continues. So I don't know if he gets called up in the fall. I honestly with the selection of midfielders, I think they choose Michael Bradley over him. Yeah, I think that's fair going with which is experience harsh, but I, yeah that that's fair going with experience over over Zardes and I mean the fact that they didn't choose him to wear the armband should also speak volumes mm-hmm. will trap who's got under five call-ups if my memory serves me correctly is given the armband You don't do that unless there's issues with maturity or leadership skills. Yeah, and it's it, it's we talked about this last show. Zardes had not through his whole time at Galaxy, he's had a constant flow of these senior veteran players coming into the Galaxy. Um, he was there when uh, during Donovan's last years. He was there uh, during. Uh, Robbie Keane's time, Stephen Gerrard, and like all these senior veteran players who have those leadership skills. So he's never had to be the guy. And unfortunately, it's a combination of he didn't get those skills from them and he wasn't able to practice them. So... It's unfortunate, but I don't think he'll be in. The, he'll get called up in the fall. Yeah, I honestly don't. So we shall see. Yeah, and uh, I thought there was a noticeable increase of quality once uh, Ariolo and Rubio Rubin came into the game. Yep, 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 yep. Rubin Rubin had a good. He did, Rubin didn't play very long, but he looked good. I I want to see more of him. I wouldn't mind. S- seeing him start in the next friendly, but we we don't we'll have to wait a while for that. But I believe the talk is putting something together with France. Uh-huh. Well, we have that to look forward to. It'll probably be in France right before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I think they the talk was uh being play, that being played in uh Lyon. Sounds about right. Um, here's a question. Um, as we finish up talking about this match, which do you think was bigger, the energy and pace of the squad or the mistakes? It was pace. There weren't there weren't any notice other than Zimmerman's unnecessary tackle in the fifty second minute. There weren't that many like horrible mistakes Jordan Morris had a mistouch that led to him shooting the ball left in the 70th minute mm-hmm. or... it, it seemed it seemed to me like he was trying to either uh, get that ball onto his other foot or he was just trying to back heel it yeah he was trying to be cute which was one thing that this t- this particular lineup suffered from there's a lot of guys, I think almost too much so, trying to get out there and make that splashy play. Which is, you want to see players get out there and kind of put put to, put to out their best, but not to the point where it makes them look stupid. Mm-hmm. Which is, there were a couple of passes and a couple of like back heels that went right into Bosnian, right to Bosnian feet because, oh, they were trying to look cute. So, Here's my other question. Fundamental football. It needed to be fundamental football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's my other question. 
do you think uh, Coach Sarah can thought this as a more or less an audition? One hundred percent, yes. That's I don't even think he really cared about winning the match. I think he wanted he wanted to see as many players on the field as he could to see, and I think a lot of time and effort went into the pairings that we saw. But I'm I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the players. I'm talking about as audition for himself, thinking this is my a chance to prove myself to be more or less the tournament manager of the national team i'm gonna say no and that's because he the tactics were clearly try and not be too aggressive but be defensive this was a let's not lose to a c team tactics not let's <laughs> this was basically liverpool versus swansea to make a callback to the suffering <laughs> I have been through th- through the past week and a half, this was uh, how, let's how not... much how much crap did Will give you that because I told him to. Uh, Will did not watch that with me. I I did tell him to talk to you about that. Hmm. He didn't say anything to me, but we were probably nerding out. I didn't really. I kind of. For, for everybody's context, um, Jordan's former roommate and our mutual friend, Will, friend of the show, came Will and stayed with... Will probably never watch this show in his life. No, he wouldn't know what soccer was if it hit him in the face. He sat and watched... We're going to badmouth him now. He came and stayed with me for a week here. He actually slept in this room right over, right over on that couch right here that no one can see. But beside, beside the point, he... Just doesn't, not not a sports guy. Nope. So, yeah, this was the tactics. The tactics showed that this was not an audition. This was playing it safe, save face for for a nation that's already gotten humiliated quite a bit in on the world stage because of not qualifying for Russia. But yeah, this was not an audition. This was him basically. For himself, this was an audition for everybody else. He knows full darn well that he's not going to be the national team coach. And if he does, he's delusional. I think he'll get a, he will get an MLS job out of this. I think that. Yeah, I think he he might get an MLS job. I think that when he inevitably is replaced right after the World Cup and a team, mark my words, one team in MLS will fire their head coach during the during the World Cup break. It's going to happen and Sarakin will take their place. This is my claim chowder for the month of January. Uh last show we talked about what kind of formation they might put out. We I think we both said they might put out a 4-4-2 with a diamond. The Jason Christ special? Yes. What uh, was the actual lineup? I never actually could tell based on the way it was played. The, it looked like a four four three. Throughout, I thought it was more like uh, or four three three. <laughs> I can't do math. I thought I thought that's what it was uh, through the first half of the mat. Through the first and half the of the tactics, match. The tactics. The, and then changed. the tactics changed, and I think once Sapong came in, it was more of a four one four one. Yeah, that makes sense. It is worth noting that we have gone about half an hour into this, and we have yet to mention the fact that neither team scored. No, neither team scored. Goose eggs. That's how boring this was. Goose eggs. It was like... You, you probably would have you probably would have been more entertained if you were going to watch the Grammys or wrestling. Uh, it depends on your taste. I still would have watched this, but I also have a story from what I did during halftime, but we'll save that for an, another episode of the show. Um, you don't even know about that. I'll tell you about that later. But um, Do you want to award a man of the match? Yeah. I mean, man of the match, 
goes to the equipment manager. The one who replaced Jordan Morris's shirt. Jordan Morris in the... I think it was like the 70th minute or so. Somewhere in that range. Towards the end of the match, gets dragged down by a Bosnian player. This is the highlight of the game, by the way, for me. Is... And with gets his jersey torn. Like, literally, you could see his abs. Like, you could have eaten off of Jordan Morris's diabetic rock-hard abs. Man, now that could be a title. Um, <laughs> but the within 30 seconds, I mean, it, it, I'm not kidding. It went from shot of Jordan Morris's torn shirt to Jordan Morris taking off his shirt, wearing his sports tracker sports bra, and putting a new kit on within 30 seconds. So shout out. And it was his kit. That's the other thing. So shout out to the U.S. Men's National Team Equipment Manager. The the man of the match for USA versus Bosnia. And if we have to give it to actual players. I'm going to actually give it to Christian Roldan. For all of his touches and the opportunities he created. He definitely put himself into the running for nothing else to be a substitute midfielder i can mm-hmm. see him coming on for christian pulisic yeah i i would i would honestly say christian roldan or will trap i agree will with, trap with, with the equipment manager as an honorable mention i agree with that and with that I, I i really have nothing else to say about that match would you like to move on to more domesticated items yes uh should we tell think, talk about the nasl first or what, the us what do you think we're going to call this miami team miami vice or do we, have to, do, we, do we have to talk about the miami team first i guess we I mean, have we to now that you've you've we, made the joke no, already because i said it Yes. Um, what, what, as was announced this Monday, after four years of waiting and three seasons of Orlando City soccer being played, David Beckham and his ownership group, led by the CEO of Sprint and the CEO and founder of SoftBank, who not a lot of people that aren't as nerdy as me will know this, but SoftBank actually owns Sprint. So you've got the owner of Sprint and Sprint basically co-sponsoring this. So I would be willing to bet a solid chunk of change that either the stadium or the kit sponsor will be Sprint. Just just going to throw that out there. But after four long years, um, just across the alley from me, they will be playing professional soccer in the year 2020. How many celebrities do you think were at that announcement? quite a few and there were even more in the video the thing the one that broke my heart the most is alex morgan stabbing us in the chest and actually saying oh miami one of my favorite cities it's a rivalry you play for the orlando pride have some pride in orlando i mean you were you're married you were up, up until a couple weeks ago married to an orlando city player and I think it's worth noting that um, after this announcement was made, a certain Argentinian made a video saying, Hey, Beckham, maybe in a few years, give me a call. Here, here, here. If Lionel Messi ends up in Miami, which with, with any luck he will, I'm going to be very, very upset because it's going to be a very interesting few years. It will be also be very interesting to see how many Orlando fans are truly Orlando fans because this is definitely going to be a house-divided situation. And I'm going to be in the awkward position of living in South Florida and driving across Alligator Alley to watch Orlando play them in Miami. But, yeah, I, I, I agree that there's two players that we're going to see play for them in the next five years. Lionel Messi and Neymar Jr. Hopefully not at the same time, but if that happens, oh Don, Don Garber's going to need respiratory 
recovery because he's going to be so excited. He, he, he might just go into ecstasy. His hair might even grow back. <laughs> I know my hair would all disappear because then I'd be so stressed that I would... You, yeah. you just pull it all out. Well, I mean, most of it's already fallen out, but that's that's a different story. That's college for you. You, you just you just decided to grow it all back on your face, so you're gosh darn right, Billy Joel style, only without the alcoholism. Anyways, with that being said, congrats to the city Miami. I I I, I don't know how I feel about you having an MLS team finally yet, but. Just always remember, you were bought, not made. And also remember, Orlando is the kings of Florida. That being said, is that the it's same great... thing you say to Atlanta? Atlanta is not in Florida, but Atlanta has yet to score or win, or in my opinion, even play in a playoff game. But that's a whole different story. Don't at me. Um, Miami, as much as the I, I want to disseminate the hate and the frustration and all that jazz, I welcome Miami to the league. I'm looking forward to seeing them play in 2020, and I look forward to those away days. And I hope that it does reinvigorate the beautiful game in Miami so that the entire state of Florida, not just central and northern florida can enjoy this game and possibly they can bring a usl team affiliated with miami to fort myers florida the usl liked my tweet again this week so i can live on that for a little while but the announcement was good the southern legion did you watch the announcement did you see i did the not southern actually legion? i was not actually able to watch the announcement the Southern so I was, Legion. So I was on plans the entire day. That's true. The Southern Legion had a very strong outing, and there was a lot of endorsement by the local government, which is ironic because the local government's the reason that this took so long. But they've got it, and it's going to be ingrained into the city. And I think that this team is actually going to be to last longer than a couple of years, like the Miami Fusion. I will say this, going back to your reference about the naming, I don't think they're going to be called the Miami Fusion. The, there's too much history that's gone by since then, and it's almost like Miami Fusion are associated with failure. So, What, what will this team actually be called, though? Uh, the strongest name actually goes to Andrew Wiebe from Extra Time Radio. He said they need to be called... Club Miami. You don't hate that. And I'm, I, I don't I'm hate a fan. That. I don't hate that. So. I, w- I would actually uh, suggest. I would actually suggest. Uh, Atletico Miami. Okay. Here's the thing. How many Uniteds do we have in this league already? Would you count Philadelphia Union? No. Okay. Is it three, three now? DC, DC, Atlanta, Atlanta, and Minnesota. And Minnesota. DC is the DC and Minnesota are tolerable. Atlanta could have done something else, but that's beside the point. Then we've got RSL, which real Salt Lake is well tacky as heck and then we've got quite a few cities which it is what it is and you have a sporting kansas city yeah i mean that's better than the kansas city wizards though let's be honest yeah would you uh or do you go to more the american sounding team name like uh seattle sounders portland timbers New England Revolution. But let's, uh, if we're being honest, Miami isn't going to be a purebred, hardy American team. 
this is going to be a very Latin America, yes, a very because Caribbean. A lot team. of because of the Cuban influence in Miami, exactly. which is why, which is why I'm actually suggesting a Spanish or Latin sounding name, like Atlético Miami. Well, now I'm pulling up a list of football clubs in Cuba. And we're, I'm literally going to go down this. Most of them are at, start with FC. Like it's FC Pinar de Rio, FC Industrial, FC Montez, FC Villa Clara. Yeah, it's... They're all football clubs. They're all FC. So I don't think that's going to be much of an influence if you want to do directly Cuban. But I, I, I don't discount Atletico. I just think it's a little tacky. I think Club Miami is going to be... It's that classy party name. What were the other names that you suggested in that poll? Which, I the way, suggested uh, Miami Vice FC. I wouldn't hate that name. I'm going to be honest. I find it almost just humorous enough to be fantastic. It's never going to happen, but I can dream. And then there is the completely ridiculous uh, Beckham United. Is that completely ridiculous or totally ridiculous? I want Beckham United. I just want to be Beckham United. Because it is his team. Well, and the funny thing is, I don't think he even has a majority ownership. He's just a pretty face. Yeah. And no one's arguing with that because when an MLS team is announced and you've got the lady, ladies from, I believe it was Good Morning America, interviewing him that morning, you know you're going after it because you've got attra- the attractive people. The problem is Miami sports fans. Are, I'm going to get in trouble here, but I'm going to say it. They're the most finicky, fair-weather sports fans arguably on this continent. And I'm concerned about putting butts in seats when they aren't absolutely dominating. Because so. we certainly saw that during uh, LeBron's reign at, when he was with the Heat. Whew. Well, and you know full darn well that LeBron's going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. It doesn't help that when you announce the team, you have Tom Brady saying, hey, Beckham, great job. Good luck. That's how you get America to hate you. Go Eagles, by the way. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this. Shall we move on? Oh, yes. Can we please? Can we please move on to actually a more exciting, in my opinion, um, expansion announcement? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Tormenta FC, currently a member of the USL PDL, announced late last week that they will be joining USL D3 in 2019, which makes them the founding member of the new third USL third division. Well, um, wasn't Birmingham already in? Wasn't Birmingham already in USL D three? Birmingham has been rumored. It has not been officially announced. Because I thought we've already announced two or three, or one or two USL D three clubs. The- the Birmingham one, they've announced that there will be one. They haven't announced a na- a franchise, nor have they announced which USL league it will be. On Wikipedia, it's listed as a USL um, Division Two team. I don't think that's going to be the case. But nonetheless, this is the first official USL D3 club. And the the fact of the matter is it's actually quite the exciting time for that club because they already put butts in seats, but 
now they're they're doubling down because not only did they announce they are putting the money in to expand and become a professional club instead of a PDL club, they are also investing in a 5,000-seater, beautiful 5,000-seater stadium. You can see it in the link I sent you. It's, it's a really beautiful, nice stadium. And the way they're going to kind of bring it in and pay for it is there's also bordering it on three sides. There is retail space. So some of the they're going to have th- two or three restaurant um, to go restaurants built into the concourse. So when it's not being used as the concourse for this for the team, it can be a normal restaurant. So it, I thought that was very kind of an impressive idea. And then you've got meeting space, you've got rental space for companies, you've got a couple of retail shops all built in to this area. And it's a very impressive complex. It's They're going to call it Tormenta Park, which is very cool. So the USLD3 has officially started announcing their clubs and apparently they're going to go on a tour and announce several more over the summer yeah that was a very cool announcement and prompted me to this is a town statesboro georgia southern georgia not affiliated with atlanta united in any way and they are it's only a town of thirty-one thousand people with south georgia university that's where they play now is on their soccer field no, their football field, actually. And now they're going to have their own dedicated stadium that they can share with the South Georgia college soccer team. And now it makes me wonder, okay, why isn't Fort Myers getting one of these teams? He's a little bitter about that. I'm not bitter. I want it to happen. If I had $10 million, I would have done it nine months ago. We would have been the first ones to announce, but alas, I don't have $10 million. If anybody listening has $10 million and would like to invest them, I will work for free for a small ownership share. And then we'll give some of that to the supporters and make it partially supporter-owned. But again, this is just a pipe dream that I keep tweeting at the owner of the local single-A club to look into, so... We shall see. I might actually have more more promise with the NA. What's the name of the minor league hockey organization? AHL. No, there's another one. Anyway. E- ECHL. Yeah, the, e- the local ECHL club. The owner of that. See if he can do it. Is that, is that the Everblades? You're gosh darn right. I love Hate the Everblades. Oh, it's so good, though. You got to admit it's good. You Hate love it. Name. I hate that you know, name. Oh, you know you love it's, it. It's, it's be... right up there with the Solar Bears. Hey, hey, don't be hating on the Solar Bears. Solar Bears playing in the Amway Center. They play with a Magic play. They're better than the Magic. But everybody knows that the best sports team in all of Orlando is Orlando City. So... Anyways, moving on from USL expansion news, a little thing came up um, later in the week talking about an interview with Jack Edwards, the president of USL. There was an interview in the Philly Inquirer, I believe it was, that an interview that addressed several portions of what's going on with the USL, including a very interesting question about promotion and relegation. He, and he was very blunt. Let's let me read the reply. This is an exciting thing about having a third division. You'll see this year, a real concerted effort to integrate, not just the third division with the second, but the PDL as well. The three main properties that we, United Soccer League, run. We're going to start aligning them much more closely. 
is that basically him saying that they're going to integrate the USL and the USL D3 and the USL PDL? Is that what what he said in that, or they're just going to be integrated much more with player development? What say you, Jordan? Um, I'm honestly hoping that um they will integrate uh, USL, USL2, and USL PDL much more closely. And if they do decide to keep these um, US, uh, MLS development teams around, they will be relegated essentially to PDL. And we'll have to stay there, like we've said in the last few shows, yes. like Bundesliga 3. Let's hope that happens. I think it would it, it would definitely create more competition within the lower divisions, which would arguably create better talent, better talent. But it would also give more financial incentive for more clubs to pop up around the country and increase local awareness of the game. Hashtag support local soccer. Gosh darn right. So with that being said. How long until the PDL in the fourth division, which has already got what eighty something clubs nationally, mm-hmm. bunch of bunch of these amateur clubs across like seven or eight divisions throughout the country? Does that create a regional professional, a bunch of regional professional clubs that could possibly play for a playoff to be promoted? Hopefully that is the case. That would increase the talent, the talent pool, and the competition incredibly. If not professional, at least semi-professional. It would all depend on the certification too, because mm-hmm. if for fourth division and all that jazz locally, you're gonna have to do certain things like that. Because how far does, how far down does uh, professional soccer go in England? I want to say five, down to the fifth division, the National League. It's the Premier League, the Championship, League, um, league, one, league, league 1, League 2, league two and the National League. And then right. after that, it's semi-professional regional leagues. And there's playoff and promotion for that. Still, They still have more... They still have a ton of people that come out, but it's like to the the American equivalent of high school football stadiums. Like that club um, from League 2 that played Arsenal in the FA Cup last year. They had a they basically had the equivalent of a high school right football stadium. They all they all look like soccer stadiums, but they're also incredibly cheap soccer stadiums. I mean, they'll they'll hold like like three thousand at max, and that's kind of what USLD three is targeting. They're targeting three thousand five hundred. The <laughs> I know this because I want to be a USLD three owner, but the USL only requires two things for an ownership group. Ten, uh, the the primary owner to have a worth of ten million dollars or more. And a venue that seats between 3,500 and 5,000 people. I could get I could get both of those in no time if someone gave me about ten million dollars. Because then I could go to the city of Fort Myers and we could use the old Red Sox practice field. But that's beside the point. I've ranted about this way too long. When are you ever going to stop me from talking about this dream? It's your dream. It's your dream. You're enjoying this, aren't you? I'm enjoying this. Okay. But before you go, get too too long-winded, uh, NWSL news? Yeah. Yeah, that's we, a good we, call. We do have to talk about sad news on here, unfortunately. Yeah, and I... I, I I haven't read up on it a lot, but the Boston Breakers did go o- under over the weekend, and it sounded like it was due mostly to finance, um, due to financial mismanagement, which is kind of a hallmark of soccer clubs in America. 
Um, the other problem with this is, and I saw this conversation occur several times on Twitter over the weekend, but it's it happened because the Boston Breakers had no affiliation whatsoever with the New England Revolution. You see a lot of these clubs that are affiliated with MLS clubs flourish. For example, Houston, Orlando, Portland. I'd be willing to bet just about anything that LAFC will do do one within three years. Especially considering that considering LAFC has a minor ownership by Mia Ham, which start making those rumors now. The LAFC women's team coached by Mia Hamm, but that's neither here nor there. But when you don't have these, when you have smaller clubs in a women's league that is year to year that are owned, that aren't owned and managed by established clubs, you run the risk of things like this happening. Mm -hmm. Even the North Carolina team is aligned with the North Carolina US, US, USL team. And the, even that one does pretty well. And they do because it's based in... Where is that based? No, I'm, I was going to say Charlotte, but Charlotte has the Charlotte Independent. Is that in Raleigh? Uh, Cary, North Carolina. The North Carolina Courage are based in Cary, North Carolina, which is, if my memory serves me correctly, not too far from Raleigh. And confirm or deny this for me is yes, it is just west of Raleigh, literally yeah, it, just west of it. Is the are the Chicago Red Stars affiliated with the Fire? I don't think they are directly affiliated, but they share a venue. I, which I I know the Red Stars were at one time affiliated when they were in the the old league, but I'm not sure now. That would that would be a very good investigation, though. I definitely think the NWSL isn't doesn't have a lot to be scared about, considering they've lost two franchises this off season, but they also only lost one to another ownership group. Basically, Kansas City, who did manage that, gave it to RSL. And the reason for that was lack of attendance. problem with that is the lack of attendance was due to the fact that all the games were held in a Kansas City suburb at the same venue as the Swoop Park Rangers. But you, 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 still, have, you still have a lot of um, NWSL2 teams are doing... Very well. Uh, Especially Portland. Portland, Seattle. Uh, Portland had the more. The Pride, Houston. You're gosh darn right, the Pride. But Portland, I'm just going to make a. Houston did have some good turnout. But my one point about Portland is Portland so, had a couple of games where they had more people in the stands than the L.A. Chargers. LA Chargers the whole season couldn't sell out the freaking StubHub Center. The StubHub Center. LA's gonna the Galaxy are gonna have that same issue this season too when Bank of America Stadium opens. I yeah, honestly think they're they're gonna they're gonna come uh, essentially the second Chivas. Not to I the mean, point where they close, they're never, but they're never gonna go under. But. L LA Galaxy are are going to join a club right alongside New York Red Bulls for popular coastal U.S. cities that aren't uh, city clubs that were the primary club in the original MLS, but aren't actually based in the city they claim to be based in. In Red Bulls' case, not even the state, but... I mean, you've seen Red Bulls the last two seasons. They've been struggling with attendance. Mm -hmm. Whereas NYCFC, who plays in a baseball stadium. They play in a baseball stadium. I've seen them play in a baseball stadium. They consistently sell twenty-five to 30,000 tickets in a baseball stadium. 
What's going to happen when they build an actual stadium? Sure, they're going to have to pay that off over the next 30 years because most of Manhattan and Brooklyn and all of New York City is owned by China. And New York and New York real estate is ridiculous. Because it's all owned by China. So the only, only possible thing to happen there is either the city football group buys a Chinese club that has some ties to land in New York City, or a Chinese club buys of all of Citigroup. So basically, what needs to happen is uh, Manchester City needs to buy a third club in China. Wouldn't it technically be a fourth club? Don't they own Melbourne City? They 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 do they do own Melbourne. Which makes in Melbourne is Manchester City C. Essentially, yes. Oy, oy, oy. What has this world come to? I want to start chanting my NYCFC chant, but I can't. So. Any final thoughts, my friend? I think we kind of... I think we pretty much covered it all. I think this was... It was an exciting week for all levels of soccer in this country, except for arguably the one week that a Division II team either didn't leave or was joined. Sure, right after the last recording, the NASL was officially declared to not not be USSF sanctioned, but let's be honest... When we talked about that last time, we basically already knew that. It was it was written on the wall, essentially. It wasn't written on the wall. It was written on the outside of the USSF headquarters in Chicago. You could probably see it with binoculars from northern Indiana. Or a good telescope, at least. Or a telescope, yeah. So, any final words, my friend? Just wondering how long it takes for Miami Fusion or Jacksonville to move to the NPSL or PDL. Um, funny you should mention that. Um, Jacksonville owner t- was tweeting today and said he's either going to play in the PDL or unsanctioned by USSF this year. Which is basically NPSL, but even stupider. So, but there you go. Uh, Miami FC will be a whole different conversation, which that's Ricardo Silva was, I'm sure not very happy about Miami FC having some competition, but we shall see. But, But that's what money gets you. Yep, I think they'll end up joining the USL and eventually getting bought out. But we, again, w- shall see. Anything else? Because I'm, I'm flat out out of ideas. That, that US match was kind of meh. But we've got more to look forward to. And we've got the full domestic season coming right around the corner. I mean, I yep. had people to ask me, like, why are you analyzing and scrutinizing a... January friendly full of MLSers and first timers. Well, because this is the future. And let's hope it's brighter than this. Well, we have been the American Soccer Broadcast. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter as ASB Podcast. We're also on Facebook under American Soccer Broadcast. I am Alex Ryder. I have been Alex Ryder, and I will always be Alex Ryder. You can find me forever on Twitter, or at least until Jack put pul- pulverizes it into the ground. I, w- I have been and will always be ghost underscore writer. Makes me sound like the Alpha and Omega at the beginning and the end. I'm not. I joined t- Twitter like 10 years ago. That's about it. But yeah, I am ghost underscore writer, R-E-I-T-E-R, because nobody knows how to spell that. And I talk. I've been talking more nerdy there lately, but I'm also talking about soccer and. How how much did you tweet about CES? A surprising lack. CES was very boring this year. CES was the 
USA versus Bosnia of CESs. And that's going to be a unit of measure for the rest of the year, by the way. Jordan, who are you and where can you be found? I can. You can find me on Twitter as uh, J. Ray Hawkins. I mostly tweet about uh, Manchester United. Losing to Tottenham. We're, we're not going to talk about that. Too soon? Or, or of, just like you don't want to talk about Liverpool, Swansea. That was fair. Uh, you can also find me talking about uh, Seattle Sounders uh, and my favorite local team, Lansing United, and my rants and raves about Detroit. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, and enjoy the February freezing air, and remember that spring training is just around the corner. Two weeks, two, two weeks for pitchers and catchers. Gosh darn right. You're gosh darn right, Jordan. And how many days until MLS opening day? What's today, Wednesday? Yes. 31 days. I did that in my head. I did that in my head. I just want everybody to know that. Party on, my people. Party on. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>